It's time for the View in Your Mirror podcast. I'm Katie Harms, and along with Lisa Rubin, we help you check in and curate the best possible you and the best view in your mirror. We share tips, tricks, and strategies from our 35 plus years in our respective industries. We talk about your day from morning to night and everything in between. We share our uniqueness, relish in our shared experiences. Along the way, we share conversation with fabulous people who give us their own thought-provoking insights. So come along as we help you hone the best view in your mirror. Good morning, beautiful Lisa Rubin. Good morning, my beautiful Katie. So we have the most incredible guest on, Natalie Bouchard. She is the vice president of PR for Lifetime Fitness and is one of the most positive people I've ever met in the entire world. Before we get into really benefiting from Natalie, and I know timing is everything on stuff. And I know that that her message of being able to work through tough things and all that will be well appreciated as we get to know Natalie a little bit better. We don't talk religion and we don't talk politics, but we are human and we are family people and our love spreads far and wide. And we have had people from all over on our podcast. And one such person is Adi Benjo. And Adi is in Israel. And our podcast, a podcast in general, are evergreen. So depending on when you are listening to this podcast, hopefully the conflict that is happening there, the brutal murdering of women and children and families will be far over. But to not comment on it to me, I can't put a podcast out there with this going on in the world without sending so much love for the innocents, for all the people in the world, the Jewish people in the world, Lisa, you and your family, I have family. It is soul crushing. And I feel truly unmoored. In other words, I don't know where to go with it, as you can tell. But I think not saying something about it and not offering our support to Israel is I can't go on in a public realm, as public as our podcast is, without offering that support and without offering that love. And hopefully we can move on. I know we can move on with Natalie and have a beautiful podcast. We can do hard things. And I just, I need to express that from the bottom of my heart. That, and and whatever we can do, I think we'll have, I know there are all sorts of organizations that are supporting Israel. And as we continue I would hope we can use our social media platform to get that information out. But just such love, such love goes out and such care. And I have no more words. That was great, Katie. That was beautiful. (laughs) Well, so again, that was not prepared. I know. No. And you did a beautiful job. I have no words. I really don't. It's on my mind all the time right now. Um, I do know a lot of people 
who are either in Israel or connected to Israel. I do know some people that have lost friends and family brutally. It's on my mind all the time. And I, other than donating, sitting in my kitchen, there's nothing I can really do other than think about everybody and hope that will the resolution be solved? I don't know. I don't think so. The state of Israel was, became the state of Israel, you know, for reasons. But, and I'm not going to get into any of that, but I just, I just have no words. Right now, I have no words. Yeah. Um, it's and that's understandable. And I think it's a, it's stages of grief in different ways and especially feeling just the helplessness of it, the helplessness. And I cannot help but think every single one of us comes into the world the exact same way. We're born into the world. And from there, wherever we are born into the world, our lives take a path. The humanity in this has been lost. The just straight humanity that we are all of the same universe. And there are innocents on both sides, but the fact that how this started and a, a complete lack of compassion, care, it ju it's just pure evilness what has happened. So we could spend an entire podcast on this. I know we could, if we can all just agree that this was a brutal act of violence. And, and it's not over, Katie. It's and not it's over. Not over. And it's not over. And and I'm I will just share this one other thing of how my mind works. I'm an adopted individual. And in my later life, I have met I have met both of my birth parents. I have met all of my half siblings. I have a relationship with all of them. And my birth father was Jewish. And so I have an entire Jewish side of the family. I was raised Christian. I have my own beliefs on religion now and spirituality. And I can tell you, who's to say what your circumstances would have been had I been raised differently? Had I, and that can happen for every single person. Where you are and how you've come into this life because of the family you have been born into, that you've been privileged to be born into, that has been either a blessing to you or some people a curse, whatever that is, there are choices. But we go back to the core tenant that we are all born onto this earth. I believe we are not born with original sin or I believe we are born in a state that well, that, that, that's another long discussion. But all I can say to you is we are all born the same way. So the love and the care that we should have for each other and our struggle and our path, that's what needs to float to the top. Yeah, well, hopefully there's more people like you, Katie. You know, I mean, a lot of people like me, Lisa. There are a lot of people, maybe not the ones that really drive you nuts as much as I no. do, but there are <laughs> no, a lot of, the, the, there are a lot these of good are the parts people. that don't drive me nuts. Anyway, 
There are a um, lot of good people in the world. So great transition. Great transition. Yeah, so let, let's transition into that one, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other podcast, Lisa. Oh, that's that. We're going to take a little break. We're going to thank Continental Diamond with really, we can't say enough about their sponsorship and love. And we'll be right back to talk to Natalie Bouchard. Are you ready to elevate your jewelry and gift buying experience? Then you need Continental Diamond. Since 1981, Helene and Jimmy Pessis have been operating Continental Diamond. Their staff is highly trained, exceptional, and have been with them for many years, and they will help you find the exact right gift. For the past 13 years, Continental Diamond has been named Minnesota Bride's Best Jeweler. Beyond engagement rings, they have a large selection of fashion jewelry, timepieces, and they have one of the most experienced service departments around. You can visit them online at continentaldiamond.com. Go in and give yourself the gift of that experience. It's a special place located just 10 minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, right outside the West End. Plan your visit. Continental Diamond. Continentaldiamond.com. Ah, Natalie Bouchard. I have to sing when I say your name because that's how you make me feel. That's nice. (laughs) It's so true. You've, you are a ray of sunshine and yellow happens to be your favorite color, which so far we're tracking. Mm-hmm. I hate to call it an elevator pitch, but for lack of a, you know, you could hear me yammer on for, for 10 minutes asking a question. So let's just get into it. Who are you? What do you tell people? How do you introduce yourself? Oh, that is the elevator speech, speech and pitch, isn't it? Well, It would start with, I hope, warm, genuine, and authentic smiles. So I'm Natalie, and I love my life, and I'm so grateful and blessed for everything that I have. And I'm a mom to two twin boys who are 20, which is like, I don't feel like I'm old enough to have 20-year-old twin boys, but in fact, I do. I married my high school sweetheart. We started dating when he was 14 and I was 16, and We will have been married for 24 years next April, but together for 34 years. And that sounds all rosy and sunshine. And in a lot of ways it has been, but it hasn't been without adversity. I went to college. I got my degree. I always wanted to be a broadcaster. And then I chickened out and went into mass communication with an emphasis in PR and advertising. And I still get to tell stories. And I've been able to do that for great brands. And through life experiences with our kids, I... We have spent a lot of time at uh, M Health Fairview Masonic Children's Hospital, and that has become a very important part of our lives, not just being a patient family, but also in ways that we've been able to volunteer and give back. And in my day job, I work for Lifetime, the Healthy Way of Life company, which is my most favorite job that I've ever had because we get to help people live healthier, happier lives and hopefully make that like truly make them happy. And I, you know, we, we spend time at church, we spend time with our friends and our family and being outside in the backyard. And I do spend a lot of time working. So find a job that you love and you never work a day in your life. At least that's what they say. Amen. I agree. I I mean, yeah, I agree about that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it might just be a little bit too much, but you know, for the most, if we're like 98% there. Well, I mean, let's face it. I think you work with visionaries. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I mean, I I had the opportunity to work for, with, alongside some really phenomenal people at Lifetime. And I mean, that starts with Barama Karate, who founded the company 31 years ago. And, you know, for those of us who have grown up in Minnesota, the company was Lifetime Fitness, right? We say it like that, Lifetime Fitness. But Baram's intention wasn't it to be Lifetime Fitness. It was we have three things. We have our life, we have time, and we have fitness. And they are all equally important. And we have to, you know, they need to come together. Fitness is just a part of what we do. And so in 2017, we dropped fitness from our company name and it's lifetime. And and so I've been there for going on 11 years and the growth that we've had in that 11 years has been incredible and not without a lot of trials. Like so many companies during COVID, that was a really tough time for us. And at a time when all we had was our health, we decided to shut down health clubs. So it was a, it was a really interesting time for us as a company, for me as an individual and speaking of work, but we we work for someone named Barama Akrati, who he wants to make America and the world, but per- particularly North America, healthier. And what a what a great place to be able to tell that story. Good. In- incredible. And timing wise, you've been you've been at Lifetime. How long did you say? I'll almost be 11 years at the beginning of next year. Mm-hmm. So, yes, the changes and the growth What have been the biggest challenges? You know, I would say there are a couple of things working for a high, a high end health club. People are intimidated by that. Oh, I can't go to Lifetime. I have to get healthy before I go to Lifetime. I need to lose weight before I go to Lifetime. It's only pretty people that go there. I have to, my car doesn't look right in the parking lot. Like we hear things like that. So there, you know, it's like Lifetime is a high barrier to entry industry, right? So Planet Fitness is $10 a month. Lifetime Fitness is not $10 a month. So it is an investment. And people, I think, sometimes feel like it's too much of an investment. But if, again, we have learned anything over the last few years, our health is the the biggest investment that we should be making really in ourselves, obviously, in addition to our family. But I think our challenge in growing has been there's just so many places that we could grow. So where do we choose to grow? That's been something. When I started at Lifetime, we had 104 clubs. We now have over 170 clubs across the country. We move fast. When you work for a visionary and an entrepreneur like Baram, you move fast and you pivot. And so that can be challenging sometimes. But if you don't look at it as a challenge as much as you do in an opportunity and like, wow, like look at what we have the opportunity to do and what we're actually doing, that's a really, really great spot to be. Well, and I think alongside that, you have to look at the other things you're doing for outreach. Lifetime has a foundation Mm -hmm. and Lifetime gives back. I just got, um, so I'm involved with Boulder Options, which is ah, yeah. and I just signed up for a pickleball event and funded by the foundation to, mm-hmm. and that money's going to Boulder Options. And I had the opportunity to meet Baram, well, for the second time, because he doesn't remember meeting me probably 30 years ago when he owned U.S. Swim and Fitness over in um, Little Canada. Yep. And that's where we worked out many, many years ago. But Kathy Paper did an event for Alzheimer's, a fundraiser for Alzheimer's recently. 
at the pickleball lifetime pickleball mm-hmm. and Baram did a demonstration and I got a coaching. He was coaching. It was phenomenal. But talk about that foundation, that giving back, because that all fits in. It's not just about making money. It's really, truly a global gift, I guess, really, if you can look at it that way. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a mission. Our our mission is to our mission is to empower people to live healthier, happier lives. And I think, you know, Baram is one of the few founding active chairman and CEOs of a company. He founded this company over 30 years ago. He is still our our chairman and CEO, and he lives and breathes this brand every day. And I think that's for the the team members that we have at Lifetime. That's why I think we're all there because we are so in line with what that mission is. But to have someone like that who believes in it so dearly and wants to make changes and knows when and how to move into certain areas, like you're talking about pickleball, it was the middle of COVID when, you know, we've had pickleball courts at Lifetime forever, not permanent pickleball courts, but pickleball courts. And he he could just see what was happening. And in 2021, mid 2021, he said, we'll be the largest operator of permanent pickleball courts in the country in a year. Oh, and we are. But he he didn't want to play pickle. He was like, oh, it's not wasn't hard enough for him. But once he got into it, he plays it all the time. He loves pickleball. And, you know, not everyone you don't if you work at Lifetime, you don't have to play pickleball. But chances are you're going to want to because it is it is fun and it brings a sense of community. And that's the other part of Lifetime and I know a lot of places are like this. So as long as you can find it, that's what matters is the social and just the community that you have of being with like-minded people who can lift you up, carry you through the relationships that happen at Lifetime amongst our members is pretty incredible. If people have been around for 20 or 30 years, they were dating, they got married, they had kids, their kids got married, they had kids. And we've had parents who, you know, have passed away. And we've gone through that with our members. Like it's, it is an incredible community when you think about it. And, and, um, and so I'm honored to, to have, to have that be my job where we get to tell success stories and we get to lift people up and talk about the programming and things that we have. And so part of why I wore this shirt today of love that says, love your life is because number one, it's what I, I do love my life and I want people to love their lives. And we just, we have an opportunity to lift people up. So important. So important. Which brings me to mental health. Talk about that as it as it comes into. We all know that yes, if you exercise, you know, it helps your endorphins, which can help your mental health. But truly, when you dial into, I think, a mental health crisis in the world today, how is Lifetime approaching that? Well, you know, the statistics are pretty incredible about what physical exercise does for our well-being. There have been plenty of studies, and I am not a doctor, so I can't claim, I'm not laying claim to any of this, but what I can say is so much of the research that shows that getting exercise can be as effective as some medications that people take to treat depression. Being outside and getting that vitamin D, sunlight grounding where we're where we're barefoot walking on the ground in the grass i'm looking out my window right now at what won't be grass for long but moving your body to to build those endorphins makes a big difference while we were going through covid we launched a whole meditation program so if you're 
a member of Lifetime on your digital app, or if you're logged in, you can go and find various meditations. There's probably 300 plus of those now right now that can be four minutes long. They can be 20 minutes long, guided meditations for a whole variety of things that might be really hard for you. Maybe it's just a stressful day. Maybe you're trying to calm yourself down. Maybe you're trying to get yourself to sleep. So all of those things we have figured out how to fuel into what we're doing at lifetime. We're also doing a lot more, you know, yoga, obviously there's, there's almost nothing better, but for some of us, we want kind of the high intensity cardio. We've introduced a new class program at lifetime called MB 360, which is mind body 360. And even how we look at our classes for just keeping our brains healthy, right? So whether you're an active ager in our Aurora program, someone like me in our 40s or someone in our 20s, if you're taking a group exercise class, you got to think about the moves that you're making. And all of those things are hopefully helping keeping our brain, keep our brain sharp, but also just the benefits of physical exercise on our overall mental well-being. You can't dispute any of that research and evidence. And also the fact that when people go to Lifetime Fitness, it's, it's a community. Mm. So people go and they have like, kind of their friends of lifetime and who they meet. And that's also very important for a lot of people. I think it's also like for the elderly who go and get together and meet at lifetime and go walk the track or something like that. Um, That's also really important. In fact, one of the, one of the largest learnings nationwide that happened from COVID among older adults was loneliness. And because of that, we started a program called Aurora, which is A-R-O-R-A. It's, it is not an acronym for anything, but our Aurora program took off because we wanted to make sure that our active agers, our older community felt like they had a place to come to, not just to exercise, but for that community. And it's led by a woman named Renee Main, who has been with us for over 15 years. She had a long career at Target. And she has taken Aurora and built this community across all of our 170 clubs that not only do we have specific Aurora classes now, but we do Aurora bingo game night. We have, we have a dance into the oldies classes. We have walking clubs. We, I mean, it is incredible what this Aurora community has become in such a short period of time. And it's because what, what exactly what you're saying, Lisa, it's the community. And for so many of these old, you know, really truly older adults, it's, it's all that they have. They're not working anymore. Their kids may be out of the house. Perhaps their husband or wife has passed, or even if it's the two of them together and they're still coming together, they want to hang out with their friends and they get to do that at lifetime because it's like-minded people. I think it becomes a purpose too. People then have a purpose. I love the term active aging. I mean, aren't we all actively aging? We're we're either at whatever age we are, we should be actively aging. It's going to take us a lot further (laughs) if we have the mindset of active aging and learning as we go. I love that. We're going to take a quick break. I didn't intend to make this a commercial for Lifetime Fitness, but I think it's so important and I'm really glad we did. We're going to talk more about Natalie, who you are, how you organize your life when we come back. Stay tuned. We are with Bridget Edwards from Sheer Brothers Custom Closets. 
Bridget, let's talk garages. What are you seeing in garage storage and organization? Garage storage is always nice. It's especially nice if you don't have a mudroom to store all those things like your kids' sporting equipment and booths and all those kinds of things that end up in the home. So we can outfit your garage with all kinds of different storage units and cabinets to keep your garage looking tidy and neat. We also do slat wall. We do workbenches. We do mega shelving, which really holds tons of weight and provides great storage for all those garage type things. And the mega shelving designed by Share Brothers, by manufacturing, and the depth options and length options are so incredible that you don't have a lot of dividers. So it's really easy to use. It's exactly that. It can pretty much hold anything or any weight. And I really do also like the idea of not having anxiety every time I drive into my garage and have to look at the mess. So this helps with that. What's the best way for people to initiate working with Share Brothers? Call or you can go onto our website and from there, a designer will be in touch with you and we'll get the process started. The website is sheerbrosclosets.com. Phone number is 763-531-7400. I would have to say that Sheer Brothers custom closets helps you get your zen on. Great way to put it. I love that. We are back with Natalie Bashaw, who is PR, Vice President of PR for Lifetime Fitness, but so much more. That is what, I mean, and that fuels you. You can tell just by the conversation that fuels you. Talk to us about your life outside of Lifetime. Yeah. So, you know, I think for so many of us, our life revolves around our kids. And as it should, we, we help them grow up. We get them to t-ball practice and watch their basketball games and sometimes travel a lot on the weekends when they're in traveling sports. And you wonder if that's ever going to go, you know, are we ever going to get our weekends back? We always wonder. And boy, I, now that my kids are 20, I sure wish that I would have cherished those days more, but really my, my life outside of work. Sometimes I don't know what that is because I do work a lot, but again, it's because I love it, but I really enjoy a few things. I really enjoy being able to volunteer. I really enjoy being able to work out at Lifetime because it clears my head and it's where my community is. I really like to be in the yard. I love to do house projects with my husband. I do this funny little thing in my refrigerator where I unwrap packages that come in the mail and I just entertain myself. I mean, sometimes we just need to entertain ourselves to get through the day. And I like to do that. We volunteer with our church and we try to spend time with our friends and our family. And now we're at the age where our kids are, you know, they are 20 and we get to, someone told me that you're not, uh, they said, Natalie, you're not empty nesting, you're empty nexting. And I am completely embracing that because we do, we get to figure out like, what do we want to do next? And we can hopefully go away sometimes for a long weekend, hop on a plane and go away or go for a drive or plan a trip to, you know, Mexico between Christmas and New Year's. So, you know, those are the things that we're thinking about now that our kids are older. Like, what does this next chapter of our life look like? And I know you have older kids and you're, you, you're at that stage too. You've been at that stage and it's so new for us. And so now I also feel like I have an opportunity to make sure I'm telling all my friends who are younger, like, I know you're in the thick of it right now, but cherish it, but know that there will be something that comes on the other side of it. And it's going to be fun too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't be scared of it, but enjoy where you are now. I think, right. isn't that 
part of our humanness too. We're always looking for the next thing. Mm-hmm. And then you look back. Be good in the moment. I think yes. one of, you know, so the the easiest way to say this for, for me with my family life is, and I think why God blessed me the way that he did with being optimistic and just positive is because our twin boys are complicated. Our son, Logan, the boys had an 85% mortality rate before they were even born. They were a very rare form of twins called monochorionic monoamniotic, which meant they shared the same amniotic and chorionic sac. So they were no more than six days away from being identical twins. We found out before they were born at our 20 week ultrasound that they had a whole bunch of anomalies in addition to the type of twins that they were. And one of them had a, a significant heart defect and they wanted us to do selective reduction to just have one of the babies. And that was all on April Fool's Day of 2003. And we felt like that was about the worst April Fool's Day joke one could ever have. Um, And it was, but selective reduction wasn't an option for us. And so we said to the doctor, look, we got two babies in here. You're going to need to figure out how to help us get two babies out of here. So the story is like, sometimes I can't even comprehend what has happened in our lives. But what I've learned is that is a gift. I'm not an overthinker. If you, you've both heard of strength finders and I did that in 2005 and I learned that my bottom strength of like the 38 was analytical. And when I learned that I was so embarrassed because here I am this, you know, business corporate person. And I was embarrassed that I had like analytical as my least strength. And I have learned that, that not being analytical is my best strength because I'm not an overthinker. So for as difficult and challenging as as life has been with Logan because of his health, I don't overthink it, which means that I don't worry about it, which means that I can move on through the day and I can find joy and positivity and the bright side and good in the middle of times that are really full of like just meh. So Logan, you know, he's in all he spent over a year of his life in the hospital over the course of, of 20 years. He's had multiple open heart surgeries. He's had two heart transplants, one when he was 13 and one when he was 15 and a half because his first heart sadly rejected itself. It was it re- his body rejected it. And we, we beat the rejection, but his coronary arteries suffered. And so our doctor said, the only thing that will save him is another heart transplant. So he had his second heart transplant in 2019. So he's all sorts of other things. But thankfully, I kind of forget them sometimes. But at the end of the day, he's here. He's with his brother. He's 20. He's figuring out life. The last year has been a really, really challenging emotional journey for him. And he's had to get, you know, to the other side of 18 years of trauma. And how do we help him through that? But at the end of the day, how we've navigated through that is through our faith, through hope, through optimism, and finding the bright side. And that's why I can be here sitting in a chair, smiling, because it is just this peace that passeth understanding for our life. And so when also when you don't overthink, you just keep going. Wow, let's bottle that one up. (laughs) (laughs) Is that too much? I'm sorry. No, it's not too much at all. Too much. It is. Honestly, I'm in awe and a little speechless, which you both know me. That doesn't happen very often. (laughs) No, 0.01%. (laughs) 
I just think, you know, when we were talking about doing this podcast and, and I said, you know, what do you hit on? And you said your first, your first point I'm looking at it is we can do hard things. We can do hard things. I, you know, I just read an article uh, two days ago and it was called the soft girl culture. I'll share it with you. Um, it was in Glamour magazine and it was about how these younger girls now they're 24, they're working, they're feeling burnt out. They just would rather, you know, kind of be at home and do self-care things. And I read it and I was like, what is going on? And I agree that there has to be a balance of what we're doing in our world, in our, in our lives, right? As women, the hustle culture can be just a little too much hustling and we're not. And so we are burning out, but you don't get to burn out at 24. Like we have a responsibility, I feel like to contribute to society and to figure out in relationships, like what is your role going to be, whether that, whether you're working or whether you're choosing to be at home. But I feel like we're starting to create a generation where they, where they're not willing to do hard things. And if there's one thing I've learned in my life with our boys with, and I know not everyone can do, can do this, but for me working throughout everything, I've never taken a break from my jobs, even when our kid, when our kids were going through really challenging times. And I think that's a coping mechanism for me, but also it helps, you know, like I I can do this. Like I'm, I'm not going to just stay in my bed and cover up my head because life sucks and it's hard and our kid is really sick and he might die. Nope. We're going to take the covers off. We're going to, I always say, I've said this since my boys were born. As long as I can put lipstick on and take a shower, I can accomplish anything. (laughs) Anything. Um, Some, for some people it's mascara for me. If I can put lipstick on, (laughs) I got it. And, and so we can do hard things. And I want people to remember that. I, I remember I was with some, some younger girls and they were talking about a colleague Allison Kaplan, who I know you had on at one point. And I was at an event with, with two of, two of the girls who work with Allison, younger girls. And they, they said, I just, I don't know how she does it. Like she works, she takes care of her kids. She does these events. Like I, it's, it's too much. Like we're never going to be able to do that. And I looked at them and I was like, girls, you can do hard. You can do this. Like don't sit, don't start selling yourself short already. Because then we we miss out, I think, on so many opportunities and growing as humans and individuals and as contributors. It's so true. There's a couple of things I think I want to thank you. I mean, that you couldn't have yeah, something. Th- big, big thank you. Big truly, thank you. Truly. And, you know, Lisa and I have, our girls are a little older. They're in their 30s. I don't know anyone who works harder than our girls, which I know millennials get a bad rap. and. I don't know anyone who works harder than, and they're friends. I have to say it extends out and, you know, so, but I also have to say that they all have a pretty good balance of giving back and understanding that component of life. I think maybe where some of the, you know, the people you're talking about in the youngers haven't yet reached that point where they're going to get more by giving more as opposed to looking for what they can take from things. And so that's a a message that I think you don't even realize you're giving, but you live that. You live that in, in everything, even in your job, 
you are giving back. It's for a broader, bigger good. You're right. I was going to say you're probably right, but you're right. (laughs) For me, it is, it's just a part of what we do and who we are. So, you know, with the boys, I, I remember when I was in the hospital before the boys were born, we learned about Caring Bridge. And so we started our Caring Bridge page in May of 2003. And I just was so grateful that something like Caring Bridge existed that I sent them an email. I was in the hospital for seven weeks before the boys were born. And I, I sent them this blind email. I went to, I found a news release and I a contact and I sent this gentleman a note and I was like, hi, my name is Natalie. We just started a Caring Bridge page. How can I help you make people more aware of this? Because it was just such a gift to us at a time when life was really hard. Similarly, going through our experiences that we've had at, uh, at the Masonic Children's Hospital, the only thing I can think to do is to give back because our son is here because of the incredible care that we've gotten from the nurses and the doctors and the surgeons and the men and women who come in and make sure that the rooms get cleaned every day and the people downstairs in the cafeteria who make the best pancakes in town. <laughs> uh, you know, we just want to be able to help other families get through really, really hard times. And, you know, that's, I think, innate in me because of how I was raised by my parents and my grandparents. And, and it is something that I'm, that I'm very grateful for that. I don't, I don't think about it. It's just, there's something that I see, or I think we, there is an impact that we could make and we hopefully can make an impact. Well, you're doing it. You're absolutely doing it. One thing you talk about, and this goes into Lisa's realm too, is being authentically you. And how you present yourself and communications, which you've you've made your life's work really in clothes and culture. Talk about your style. Well, I am not afraid of color. I love color. Early in my career, I worked for Dayton Hudson Corporation. And I was I went to the 11th floor every day where I worked on the part of the publicity and events team. And I was very scared to go work there because I thought it was too classy and I wasn't classy enough. And I was going to have to wear black all of the time because that was the classy color. And I was not a, I was not a person who liked to wear black very much, but I, I really quickly realized that I could wear color. I'm just naturally drawn to color. That's so I don't, I, again, I am so not an overthinker. So pink and yellow are my favorite colors and I will always choose color over black for no other reason that it just fits me. I think my style is, I, I shared with you a little bit earlier, like I'm, I'm pretty intentional about what I wear. I, I don't, you know, lay out my clothes a week in advance or even the night before I just, you know, I wake up and I think, "Mm, Oh, yep. That's what I'm going to wear today. Or I'm in the shower. "Mm, Yep. I'm going to wear that today. Or if I know that I have an event in a couple of weeks, I'll, you know, give it a little bit of thought, but I just, I wear what feels good. I'm not into the high rise, overly high rise mom jeans that have returned. (laughs) So I pay, I certainly pay attention to what the trends are, but I also know what I like and I'm not going to become overly trendy just because it's a trend. I know for the most part, what looks good on me. I know, I feel like I know how to put things together that comes from my mom and from my department store days. And so, you know, part of, I think being authentically you is dressing how, and with what feels good for you. And I'm not a t-shirt girl, 
and I'm wearing a t-shirt today, but I can dress up a t-shirt. I can wear a t-shirt with a skirt. I can put a belt on with a t-shirt. I can make sure I have cute jewelry on with a t-shirt. So if there's something that I need to wear that doesn't necessarily fit me, I will make it fit me. And I think that's a part of what's fun about fashion when what's fun about dressing and putting items and pieces together. And I know Lisa, you, you have shared such good advice about like, if it's in your closet for three to five years and you haven't worn it, you probably need to think about getting rid of it. And I think there's such truth to that. Although I will say sometimes I find something and I'm like, I'm really glad I didn't get rid of that because I think I could wear it. But it's not the whole wardrobe, right? It's like you part and parcel it out and you know those things that maybe you're not going to wear really regularly, but you don't quite want to get rid of it because it's a, it's like a lifelong staple that should stay in your closet. So you off, you just give such good insight and advice about that. Well, even more further on that advice is put that piece in a different part of your closet so you see it. It was probably put in a corner, in a drawer, behind something. So if you intentionally put it somewhere where you want to wear it, you'll probably wear it more often. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, the rotation. Um, you know, it's 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 like it's like when we all worked in retail, right? You got to rotate things around and make. So we forget that sometimes on our own. Yeah, take that time to go and look. Yep. So, Natalie, do you have a favorite piece in your wardrobe or a lucky piece in your wardrobe that you intentionally wear when you're either having a tough day or you're having a big meeting or something? Well, I would say it's more about. You'll be shocked that I say this. It's more about the color yellow. So mm-hmm. if, if there's something that I have that I know I need to be on for, or if there's something that maybe I'm a little trepidatious about, I will probably pull out something that's yellow in my closet, or I will pull out something that has hearts on it. And hearts have never been my favorite shape. So I have this um, great necklace that I got from Gold Fine Jewelry. I just, I love it. I don't necessarily like the shape of hearts. I didn't until I needed to. And so now hearts are such an important part of my life because of our son, Logan, and the the gifts of two hearts that he's been given for him to have his life. And so I really embrace hearts now. So I would say if there's a lucky piece or kind of a power piece or something, it's more based on the color and if and or having a heart on it. Yeah. Can we just talk? We're. We're going a little long here, but I really <laughs> want to talk about the fact that you mentioned that your husband does all the laundry. Can we just talk about that for a moment? <laughs> Katie's not over that one. <laughs> I'm not. So here's the deal. Ben, um, ben is the best. And I am so glad and grateful to have Ben as my life partner. Ben's a school teacher. And he also has been a varsity boys basketball coach, a varsity boys and girls tennis coach, but he's a teacher, which means for the most part, he always gets home earlier than I do. He has his summers off. He has more time to be at home helping with home things. And so, you know, he works in Invergrove Heights. I work in Chanhassen. We live in Egan. Even my drive time is significantly longer. And so it wasn't even something that we were like, okay, here's how we're going to part and parcel out the roles and responsibilities in our household. He just kind of started doing the laundry and I was not going to say, oh no, honey, I'll do the laundry. So it's just kind of what, it's kind of what he does. And even better even if sometimes I have to refold it is he will fold and put away the laundry and he puts it 
like 98% of the time in the right spot. And he, he, he's learned because we've been together for so long and he knows what my out, you know, what my outfits are. He'll be like, I put that on, I just put that on a chair to air dry because I didn't think you'd probably want that in the dryer. So I, I know that I am very lucky. We try to s- split the roles equally in our house, but there are certainly more, more that he takes on because I do work a lot. I travel and he takes it on. And I'm really glad for that. That's fabulous. We have to give a shout out to Ben. And you said in your, you know, as you were introducing yourself that life is not always rosy. You didn't use those words, but in any relationship and in any that goes the distance, right? There are the ups, the downs, the you know, you keep the humor, you keep the positivity. Before we talk about Logan Loves, which is an organization near and dear to your heart, I'd like to talk about Logan's brother. Owen. Whenever Owen walks in the door, we're always like, Owen. (laughs) Owen, I'm so glad that you asked that because Owen is wise beyond his years. And Owen has had to play a role that he didn't sign up for. And I very distinctly remember many, many, many years ago, I don't know, they were maybe like six. We had just come back from three days in the hospital with Logan and I was tucking Owen into bed and he goes, how come, how come Logan gets more attention than I do? And we've, we've talked about that a lot. And I think that's been something he's processed a lot. But he has such a giving heart and he loves his brother so much. And he has risen to the occasion in ways that kids shouldn't have to rise to the occasion from the time he was old enough to not even think about it, but do it. He's a great brother to Logan, even at times when Logan is not in a great space and doesn't want someone to be a good brother to him. And it's interesting because we have seen so many miracles like miracles on miracles with Logan. And if either of my kids were going to go into ministry, you might think it would be Logan. Like I've seen all these miracles. I'm like a walking miracle. It's his brother. And Owen, the boys went to a school called St. Croix Lutheran in West St. Paul. And, you know, we've always been a faith-filled church-going family. And but we didn't think that any of our kids were probably going to go into ministry. And Owen is going to school to be a pastor. He just wants to make sure everybody goes to heaven. And he wants to just, you know, be a light for other people. And it's been really incredible to see the bond that the two boys have together, to see how he cares and nurtures for his brother, but for his friends and for others. And even for us, like there are conversations that Owen has with me sometimes based on certain situations. And I'm like, wait, you're like, you're 20. How do you know all of these? Like the wisdom. Okay. All right. I will. I'm, I'm putting that in my, I'm putting that in my head because you are, you are teaching me something. And so we're, we're really lucky. He's supportive he's going to go on to do great things as, as I think both boys are. And, Mm -hmm. and we're, we are just really blessed with these two kids that we have. But Natalie, just remember something. He's part of you and he's been watching you since the day he was born. So what he's doing, he's basically giving back. So. Yeah. Well, he is. Yeah, he is. He's a, you know, the phrase blessed beyond measure can just be overused. 
but with these, with the family that we have and the life we've been given, we really have been blessed beyond measure, even when it's been really yucky. That's a good thing. Oh, you know, (laughs) I hope all of us are (laughs) getting a little verklempt, I think, (laughs) in all the best possible ways, which is, it's just so you bring a special you're just special, Natalie. And we really, we thank you so much for sharing your time and your heart and your boys' hearts and what you have done and who you touch is just so incredible. So thank you for that. We, uh, we have a nonprofit spotlight and we, we have to talk about Logan loves because why, what else would, would we talk about in this space and once again, it's you giving back. So Logan Loves was started, obviously, to give back in all the benefits that, you know, things that you have experienced. Talk a little bit about the organization. Sure. Well, very quickly, Logan Loves is, so it's a nonprofit. It's a 501c3. And we we would find ways to give back throughout the course of the years. And we thought about how can we how can we be more specific about this and then it was well what should we call it and what do we want it like what do we want it to be about like we knew it was going to be to give back to the children's hospital at the U of M but what was that going to look like and Logan and I and and Owen and Ben would have a lot of conversations about it I'm the yacker in the family as we're learning here today and one day it came to me like we should figure out ways to give kids and families in the hospital, things that Logan loves that he thinks they'll love too. So the idea is Logan loves fill in the blank. And we're going to figure out a way to do that for kids and and families in the hospital. So the mission of Logan loves is to bring joy and healing to patients and families in the hospital. And we do that by providing things, services, or products that Logan loves. So a few examples of things that we've been able to do. Logan loves video games. So we were able to provide a gift for gaming consoles for the Kyle Rudolph end zone. Logan loves once upon it. Logan loves movies. Logan loves basketball. So we've done final four things at the hospital. We've done, we've brought a Star Wars party to life where we were able to show the last, the most recent Star Wars movie when it was still in the theaters We were able to, pre-COVID, we were able to show that in the auditorium at Masonic Children's Hospital. We got signed posters and lightsabers from cast members and brought in characters. Logan loves pizza. Logan particularly loves Devani's pizza. Once he was in the hospital and he looked out at Devani's at Riverside and he said, you know, that corner right there, it's like a little slice of pizza heaven. (laughs) And so every day, every year on National Pizza Day, we do a Logan Loves Pizza Day. We do Logan Loves Cookies. Just a few weeks ago, it was National Coffee Day. Well, Logan doesn't love coffee, but Logan knows parents love coffee. So we were able to provide the opportunity for parents to go downstairs if their kid is in the hospital to go get a free cup of coffee. So we're a very small, very, very small nonprofit, but we have been able to raise not millions of dollars, not even hundreds of thousands of dollars, but enough dollars from people who care about us and who care about what we're trying to do that we've been able to fuel and provide some really great things for these kids and families in the hospital. And I believe that it really makes a difference. And it's a part of this, you know, we've always talked about the fact that 
we need to, and we have the opportunity to use this story for God's glory. And, and we've been able to do that by really generous gifts that people have, have given us. Amazing. That is really amazing. Yes. The thing about blessings is that you give them as well as get them. Uh, and blessings that you have bestowed through this organization and through your life are very noteworthy and very appreciated to so many. Thank you, Natalie, for spending the time truly for sharing your heart. I don't know how else to put it. It's been um, really, truly feel so blessed by having spent this time. Oh, thank you. I I feel the same way. This uh, podcast recording with you came at a perfect time for me. So Oh, um, with everything going on and you are, you are truly a blessing. So, so if, you. if people want to get a hold of Logan's love, it's loganslove.org, L-O-G-A-N, Logan loves, sorry, Logan loves, Logan And I'm just going to put the, I'm going to preempt it with, I haven't updated the website in a while, so please forgive me for that, but it does give a nice overview of of kind of what our story has been and and what we're trying to do. So thank you for the opportunity to share about Logan Loves and just, you know, if if we can be day brighteners for people, whether it's in the conversations that we have or the smiles that we give or the hellos that we say to people, what a gift, what a gift that is. Absolutely. So if people should want to get a hold of you, Natalie, how do they do that? Well, I suppose they could email me. Isn't that funny? I'm not saying Instagram first, but they could email me at natalie.bushaw at gmail.com. But I am also on Instagram, just Natalie Bushaw. And then my fun little um, thing that I do in the refrigerator is called Fridge Time Fashion. And it's really silly. And it's my creative outlet. And it's um, it's kind of, it's just a, a silly thing. But Natalie Bushaw is the best way to, to get a hold of me. Well, I can't leave you without saying small, but mighty. You talked about your organization being small. It's small and mighty, but you are small, but mighty. And that's a really good thing. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. It's, you know, we don't talk about things in ourselves that often. And I'm reminded that we're here to serve a greater purpose and to be able to have the chance to do that with the two of you today has been really, really special, especially as you noted, Lisa, just given the the climate and the time that we're in right now, if we can stay optimistic and, and be bright lights for others, that's a good, good thing. Thank you for mentioning that. And, and as we talk to you and, you know, we do a, an intro because we talked about this before bringing you on and our intro really talked about Israel and what's going on there. And you shared your heart with that as well. So I didn't want to end without people knowing that you were aware of the intro before you came on and, you had nothing but but love to share as well. So thank you for that. Lisa Rubin, you said you want to bottle her up. I did, Katie. I said I want to bottle her up and make her a little squishy animal so that I can just <laughs> hold her really tight on those days because she's an amazing woman. She really is. You know, those um, it would be a sunshine heart in yellow. Your squishy animal. You'd have to figure out how to incorporate that all in. Or maybe it would be the sunshine with a little heart. I don't know. I don't know. I think it would be great. I think yeah, it would be great. That sounds really good, Katie. A heart, yellow heart, squishy animal. Mm-hmm. And we'll call it Natalie. I think she should do it. I think they should make it. 
and all proceeds go to Logan Loves. What a great idea. I think you should pitch that one to her. <laughs> She'll hear it. She'll hear it when she hears the podcast. <laughs> we love you, Natalie, and we thank you again. Lisa, once again, it's just a treasure to spend the time with you. I would say it's the 80-20 rule with us, right? 80% of the time you love me, 20% of the time I'm driving you nuts. I'm no, I'm 90 10. 90 10. <laughs> okay. That's better. That's better. All right. Listen, we love every single person who takes the time to reach out. We've had some great texts, some great contacts. And if you have a suggestion for a guest, if you want to just tell us you can't stand us, whatever, reach out. You can get through to us at theviewinyourmirror.com. And from there, you can go to Lisa's website. You can go to my website, get our emails, reach out to us. We're on social media, we're on Instagram, we're on LinkedIn. We love them both. We are on Twitter. Eh, I guess it's X, not so hep on that. But, and we are on Facebook. And we're on threads now. Oh, we are on threads now. I can't keep up. This is, you know, my age showing through, but that's okay. What I think we learned from Natalie, once again, it's like going to continued education, right? Every show that we do is continued education, that the message that comes out of us is we are each uniquely us. We need to celebrate that and love ourselves and share that with the world and look in the mirror and know we are the best person that we can be. Capiche? Capiche. Until next time.